We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at LourdesDenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good morning, everyone. So as we start today, I just want to give you the main point today before we even start. What I want to show you today and I want you to think about with me, what I want you to see is that the communion of family is a prerequisite, it's a, it's a preparation for the communion of God's family, of the church. The communion of the human family is meant to be a preparation for communion in God's family. So today Mary says, Mary doesn't say very many things in scripture. And today she says, son, you have caused your father and I great anxiety. That should be the emblem for every mother's like coat of arms. <laughs> Blessed Virgin Mary, son, you have caused me great anxiety. Family life is a lot of anxiety. Uh, if families are supposed to be messy, a lot of times we want to get away from our families. When I was in high school, right, that's the time par excellence that you just want to get away from your family. And I remember when I was in high school, you're so nervous about fitting in and if you're going to, you know, be liked and all those things. And my older brother, Sean, and if, if you don't know, I'm the middle of three boys, psychological disorders, the whole bit, that's me. Sean was an expert, absolute expert at embarrassing me and later my little brother Trent. And I'm sure he did it out of love, right? But anyway, when I was a freshman in high school, I was so nervous. You know, you're 14, you're like, okay, here we go, it's high school. Like, oh, I hope I fit in, I want to make friends. And my first week of high school, we had this big common area at Chatfield Senior High, class of 98, best year ever. Can you believe that? 98, gosh, I'm old. Anyway, so we're in the commons, and I remember I was at, like, lunch my first week, and my older brother knew that I just wanted to fit in, you know, and, and you're just an awkward 14-year-old, and I probably had about 300 zits and whatever. So I'm sitting at lunch trying to fit in with people I don't know, and my brother, during my lunch hour, he snuck down into the commons, and he came, ran up behind me and gave me this big kiss on the cheek. And our next-door neighbor who we grew up with, who was a junior that year, Matt Rigner, I'll never forget this, I am scarred. Matt Rigner was at the top of the commons, and literally there's about 400 people in Chatfield Commons at this time. And Matt Rigner yells at the top of the voice, he goes, Sean Larkin, I just saw you kiss your brother. And I was like, I want to be homeschooled. <laughs> I will never make it through high school. I just wanted to be away from the family at that time, right? We all have stories like that. I could tell you a hundred stories like that with my family. And they're always, they're always fun. My mom, after she was at the last mass, and she's like, will you stop telling stories about the family? And I'm like, shouldn't have had a son who became a priest. <laughs> but we all have stories like that. But the, the wonderful thing that we all know is that as you age and you get older, you begin to realize that family is about the most important thing that exists. 
Right? You realize that. And what we all need in our life, what's so important, is the word I want to talk about today. The center of today's homily is, of course, a Greek word. It's the word koinonia. Koinonia is one of Paul's favorite words. Paul talked about that at the center of his theology in multiple places in the New Testament. Koinonia is translated three ways, usually. There's three different ways that it'll commonly be translated. The first one is fellowship. And I don't know why, but I just kind of hate that translation because it seems cheap to me. Now, Catholics and Protestants. Have you noticed how every Catholic church, this drives me nuts. I like that we're Our Lady of Lords because it's an actual apparition of Mary. But did you ever notice it's like every new Catholic church is Our Lady of something? Have you noticed this? Wherever you go, it's like, okay, we have Our Lady of Lords, we have Our Lady of Guadalupe, we have Our Lady of Fatima, um, but then we have Our Lady of the Lake, Our Lady of the Mountain, Our Lady of the Fields, Our Lady of the Pines, Our Lady of Ice. I haven't seen that one yet, right? It's like Our Lady of Middle Age. I don't know, but every church is that way. Well, Protestant churches, evangelicals, they have a kind of an equivalent. And I don't, you'll notice this now if you haven't noticed this yet. But every church is somehow called fellowship, right? You've got North Fellowship, South Fellowship, Broadway Fellowship, I-25 Fellowship, right? <laughs> Middle Age Fellowship, right? Everything is fellowship. And sometimes that word, it kind of gets a little cheapened. And sometimes they even use fellowship, and we can do this too, as a verb. Don't do that. It's just bad taste. When I was in college, I remember you'd hear some people, they'd be like, hey, uh, we're going to go fellowship later. You want to come? I'm like, don't touch me. <laughs> right? And fellowship is reduced to hanging out. So one translation of koinonia is fellowship. And it does mean that. And that's why a lot of evangelical churches are named that. It's because they know that St. Paul uses that word a lot. The second translation is participation. So in 1 Corinthians 10, 16, sometimes it's translated this way. St. Paul says, the, um, the chalice that we drink, is it not a participation, a koinonia, in the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? But here's the best translation, I think. And this is the way the ancient church translates it. Koinonia, most commonly in the ancient church, is translated communion. I love that word. That word communion is a sacred and mysterious word. And so 1 Corinthians 10, 16, we could translate it the chalice that we drink, is it not a communion in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a communion in the body of Christ? Brothers and sisters, all I want, all I want and all you want, the only thing I want in my life and in eternity 
is communion. That's all I want. And by communion, right, I don't just mean hanging out. By communion, I mean those moments where you are with someone and there is a deep union, a deep bond, a love, a communion, a sharing of life. That's all I want. If you have that, right, you don't need much else. If you have communion, if your family, for instance, is a place where you experience a place where you belong, where you love others and where you know you're loved, where you have a sharing of life. If you have that, you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days, but you're going to have a good life. Because that's what life's about. If you don't have that, you will spend your life searching for it. Because God wrote that on our hearts. He wrote deep into my heart that I was created for communion. And if you have everything else, right? If you had everything else in life but you didn't have communion, you'll be deeply unhappy. The communion of the family is a preparation for the communion of God's family. That's what it is. And if we forget that, we do two things. If we forget that the family is meant to prepare us for that communion of God's family, another word for that is heaven. If we forget that the family is a preparation for the communion of God's family, two things happen. On one side, we exalt kind of earthly family life to be the only thing that matters. All right, so I get jealous of families. I do this sometimes. I forget about heaven. And I get jealous of married people. I was with my, my older brother last night. And I get jealous. And I'm like, man, like, he's got this wonderful, loving, awesome wife. He's got four insane children, but they're lots of fun. They, and they are insane. Like, we were, we were making poop jokes together. It was like, okay, family pastime. And the 10-year-old is just like, loves it. He's like, this is the best day ever. Insane. But wonderful. And I get jealous of that. But we're not supposed to. I was made for communion, too. Right? And families, like husbands and wives, they get jealous of priests and single people. I'm like, oh, it must be so amazing to have this wife who just loves you so much and these kids who are so fun. And they're like, it must be so amazing to wake up just by yourself in the morning. <laughs> do you just wake up? And people ask, like, Father Brian, do you get to wake up by yourself and just, like, have a cup of coffee and pray? I'm like, yeah, and don't you forget it. My life's awesome. All right? <laughs> That's one thing we do. If we forget about heaven, that the family prepares us for heaven, we exalt the family to a degree it's not supposed to be. Right? We forget that. And the other thing we do is that we don't live our family lives the way we're supposed to. If you are married, 
you forget that your family has a mission. It's not meant to just be about this life. And we're going to get to that in a minute. This week at Mass, this reading was given to us. And I love this. Go home today. If you want to know anything about what today's Mass is about and what I'm trying to, to break through here at Mass, read the first chapter of John's first letter. So St. John wrote a gospel, and then he wrote three letters. First, second, and third John. Go to the first letter, first John, and this is from the very start. And he says this. He's talking about Jesus, and he says, That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you. Right? So John's writing, he's saying, I've, I've seen Jesus. I've listened to him, and I'm writing to you. Why? So that you may have koinonia with us. When you have something good, when you have koinonia, when you have communion, the most natural thing on earth is you want other people to have that too. So that you may have koinonia with us. And our koinonia is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. This is going to sound weird, but that statement to a Jewish person is crazy in the time of Christ. And here's why. The best thing on earth is koinonia. It's the best thing. Right? Being with my family at Christmas, as messy as we are, as ugly as it is, as weird as it is that there's a priest who makes everyone awkward, it's wonderful. And the friendships I have where there's real communion, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. In the Old Testament, brothers and sisters, in the Old Testament, that word koinonia, right, the Old Testament is Hebrew. So in the Old Testament, the word that lines up with koinonia, the Hebrew translation, is habura. Sounds kind of fun, right? You can say that later to your friends on the playground. You'd be like, I know Hebrew. So habura fellowship, communion, participation is used in the Old Testament. But never once is it used between a human being and God. Not a single time is communion something the Old Testament says a human being can have with God. You can worship God, you can obey Him, you can love Him, but if we only had the New Testament, there is no communion with God. We are writing to you so that you may have communion with us. And our communion is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Here's another way to say that. When you receive communion today, right? What is that about? Communion is the best thing that exists. And you, brothers and sisters, you can have a communion with God himself. 
Do you have any idea what a gift that is? It's the only reason you were created. <laughs> right? When you receive the flesh and blood of Jesus, right? 1 Corinthians 10, 16. The chalice we drink, is it not a communion in the blood of Christ? And the bread which we break, is it not a communion in the body of Christ? If I can have that, Jesus, that's all I want. And Lord, if I can truly experience that, if I can know that to the depths of my soul what happens when I receive you, that's enough for me. When you receive communion, brothers and sisters, what St. John is saying to us today is that the communion of the altar, the communion in Christ, creates this communion. Right, so you and I are not just strangers who go to church together. You are my family. And we have to live that. The human family that God created is a preparation for entrance into the communion of God's family. Brothers and sisters, do you have any idea how important that is? A family, right? And here's why. Today, last night, I got into it a little bit, and I, I decided I don't want to do this today. I got into some of the controversial things in our culture right now around family life. The church looks stuck up, rigid, and harsh, doesn't it? The rules that we have, people don't understand, and they say, how can you Catholics be so uptight about this? Can't you just let people do what they want to do? Because the family is a preparation for the communion that we have in God's family. And that's not something we can control or manipulate or change. We have to follow the rules that God has created and worked into human nature. So if you're someone, maybe you're like me, Maybe you don't have a husband or a wife or children. Guess what? That's okay. You were created for communion with him. And that's the whole point of our lives anyways. But here's my challenge to you who are married. Today's the feast of the Holy Family. Do you realize that your family the point of your family is not for you to be comfortable and have fun. I hope you do. Right? I'm not, I don't go to bed at night and I'm like, Lord, may all these married families suffer so they may realize church is more important and love their celibate priest. No, it's not that. You're supposed to have fun and enjoy your family. Of course you are. Here's what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says. And this is at the intro, I love quoting this paragraph, it's the intro in the Catechism to the section on priesthood and marriage. 
So it's in the section on the sacraments, and it talks about other sacraments, but then it gets to priesthood and marriage, and it says this. It says, two other sacraments, holy orders, right, priesthood and deacons and bishops, holy orders and matrimony are directed towards the salvation of others. Holy orders and matrimony are directed towards the salvation of others. Now, this is going to sound crazy, but none of my engaged couples say that to me. Right? When I have couples, they come and they say, Father Brian, we're engaged. And I'm like, ah, oh, you should be celibate. It's way better. No, I don't say that. But they're like, we're engaged. And I'm like, well, why do you want to get married? No one ever says, you know, I really want to lay down my life to save this chump because they have really bad habits and I want them to go to heaven. That's what marriage is about. <laughs> marriage, right? When you first get married, right? You, marriage is like, you just think the rest of the next 50 years, it's going to be Lady and the Tramp, right? You'll have one end of the spaghetti and your husband will have the other. And you'll just like slowly lean in for that kiss. It is. <laughs> no, it's not like that, right? That's great. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. Marriage has a greater purpose. Marriages exist for the salvation of those you love. And here's my challenge to you who are married. Do you know that? Are you living your marriage so that your spouse and your children know how to enter the family of God? That's the purpose of marriage. In Colossians today, we heard this was our second reading. It says this. St. Paul writes, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, and put on these things, right? Learn how to live this way. Put on compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience, forbearing one another, and if one has a complaint against another, Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. You know where I learned how to forgive? It's in my family. Some days I think I didn't learn it too well. I'm still holding on to the time my brother kissed me at Chatfield. This is why the family matters. The family is the best place for you and I to learn to be human. It's how we learn to forgive each other. It's how we learn that we are loved unconditionally. It's where we learn how to fight. It's where we learn how to suffer together. It's where we learn that sometimes for the good of others, you have to say no to yourself. Brothers and sisters, rejoice today, right? The good news today is you were created for the communion that is heaven. And the more you realize that, the more you live for that, the better your life will be. That's the only reason you were created. But our families are one of the best tools that we have to get us there. And when I pray for the families in our parish, that's what I pray for. That in your life as a family, you would learn how to make each other holy, 
that you would prepare each other for the kingdom of God. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that we may have koinonia with us. And our koinonia is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ.